Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Excuse me. Thank you so much uh, for that. Uh, so, Dr. Deo is a very multifaceted uh, ministry. So, we have a lot of things that we do uh, to change our cities. And Metamorpho is one of our uh, ministries. And it's a gap year. And so, if you have a child that really just wants to discover themselves, you know it would be good to get them into Metamorpho. Amen? So, uh, we want to encourage you to do that. And um, we pray that uh, we will have many of our kids as well to, uh, to join Metamorpho. Maybe Jethro is going to go through Metamorpho because before he goes to play for Manu. <laughs> Amen. Okay. All right, so we are continuing with our series this morning. But before I do that, I have two announcements that I want to mention. And uh, I know that uh, it's today, between today and Friday, there is no more time for me to sit down with KO and correct the fact that it's not uh, from uh, Friday to Sunday. It's on Friday in the morning, just one service. And then Sunday, just one service as well. So sorry, Sissy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the, the, the poster there is uh, a little bit misleading because it shows from 17th to, you know, to the, to the yeah, so it's not two, it's uh, and the Friday and uh, Saturdays, I mean Sunday. So we're not having anything on Friday, I mean on Saturday, and we're not having anything in the evening as well on Friday, only in the morning at 9. So come very, very prepared, and we are not going to have our regular Thursday meeting as well, the prayer meeting on Thursday, So because we are having a meeting early in the morning on Friday. Is that okay? Amen. I just wanted to just mention that. And then the other thing also that I just want to mention is that our Doxa Kids... We are having a new series at Doxa Kids, and this series requires that a parent should buy a hamper. It's a package. So in the package, you have that little bag, and uh, you have some cards, and then you have a fridge magnet, and then you have some little books for the little guys and uh, girls. And so all those things are part of that little package there, and it's going to cost you 25 rand per child, and we encourage you that, uh, sorry? Sorry, did I say 25? Sorry, 125, 125 per child, and so please, what we want you to do is, um, we want you to buy that for your, for your son, or for your daughter that are in Doxa Kids. Uh, so there are three things that you can do. The first thing is that you can buy that for your children. If you have two children or you have one child, you can buy that. The second thing you can do, you can buy one for yourself and one for a family. Amen? So there are those families that would want, you know, I have two children, but I really feel uh, I need to buy another one. The reason is simple. We have a lot of kids that come from the neighborhood here that come to Twane Central and they don't come with parents. And so these kids, you know, they come to, because they enjoy Doxa Kids and they come to Doxa Kids and uh, then they go back home. So their parents are not here today for them to buy them those, that hamper. And uh, so that's why we want to ask you if you can, buy for your daughter, for your son, but you can also buy for, uh, for a kid that uh, doesn't uh, have parents that come to Tswana Central. There's another group of parents that uh, go to other churches and leave their doxa kids' children at our gate. <laughs> and when they are done with church, wherever they go, they come to pick their children. Can you imagine that? That shows that our Doxa kids 
is really uh, something that they treasure. Amen? Yeah, so those parents as well will not be here to hear me, you know, to say they can buy a hamper. Then the third thing you can do is you don't have a child, but you really feel you can buy something for a child. And you know, that's how God works, you know. By buying that, you know, it will make you fertile. <laughs> the moment you get married, you know, one time, children. Amen. <laughs> so you can also, even if you don't have children in Doxa Kids, you can still buy a hamper for a child now. When you buy, just make sure that um, if you are in the latter category where you don't have a child, just say, Doxa Kids uh, Adventure Pick. Then we will know that money is for that. If you have a child, you can just say, Siposenko uh, Sitrele uh, Adventure Pick. Then we will know that uh, it's for SIPO, and um, uh, if you are in the first category, then a second category, then you can put your child's name, and if there's any more money that is left, then we will know that uh, the other money is for us to allocate to other children. Is that uh, fine? Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you so much for, for that. I believe that um, we will be able to buy all our kids because we don't want kids that will not have that because it is not going to be good for the little one, you know, seated next to a friend that is filling out, you know, something uh, in, the, in, the, in the journal. Then I just wanted to also just say thank you so much to all the church today uh, for your continuous, your continuous, is it continuous? Continued. Which, which one? Eh? It's, is it continuous or continue, continued? Whichever of the two. I am so thankful to the Lord for your giving. Uh, this is the third month, which means that we are going into the second quarter. So I just wanted to give you a rundown of how we are doing financially. And uh, I want to make this report this morning that we are not very far away from our target. So in, Mar in March, we were quite down because we only did 83% of our budget. And then in February, we only did 93% of our budget. And then in January, we did 107 of our budget. So you can see uh, January compensated for February, and so it means that we are just in the region of around about 15-17% uh, below budget, but I, I really, really would want to say thank you so much for your continued you know, support of the church. I know that um, uh, some uh, times are difficult, but you have continued to give, and this for me is a very, very good uh, sign that people are bought into what we are doing. And I would want to encourage all of us to chip in and to, to give towards what the Lord uh, is doing. Amen? So let's give ourselves a very big hand for our continued, yes, our continued support. I, like I have said before, I really look forward to a time when we can do 170% of our budget and then we take the 70% and then we give it away. Amen? Yeah, we will do that. Then we take that money and we give it to a church that uh, is in our position today. As we will be out of this position, amen? And then there's going to be a church that will be in our position because now we also get a subsidy. We will be the ones to give away, you know, um, that money to other churches. Okay, so this morning we are continuing with 316 and... Um, Today we are finishing 316, and we are finishing with how. So we started with, uh, you know, uh, why, 
And then we did what? And today we are going to do how. So how you get saved is very important because it will determine how your walk will be with God. There is no way you can get saved wrongly if there's anything like that. You know, there is no way that uh, what could get you saved, you know, if, if, if the message that got you saved, they used to say in Bible school, I remember when we went to Bible school, they told us that if you are going to get people to church by giving them food, you will have to keep them by giving them food. Amen? So if you were saved because you were threatened into the kingdom of God, when we stop threatening you, you will backslide. But when you were saved with the right information, what will happen is that even in your walk with God, you will, not, you, you will, you will walk. So if your motivation for getting saved was fear, then you know your walk with God will be influenced by fear. You know, if it was a relationship, if you got saved because you wanted to have a reconciled relationship with God, then your walk with God is going to be a relationship with God. It's going to be a growing relationship with God. You know, if salvation for you is a future reality, it will mean that in your walk with God, now, your salvation won't mean much because you'll be waiting for a time when it will mean much. Are you seeing what I mean? So, the way that you get saved, if salvation for you is a thing that happened in the past, then it means that you are anticipating something. So, you remember we said salvation happened. Salvation is happening and salvation will happen in the future. And all these three things are happening right now in your life and they influence certain uh, things that are happening in your life. Amen? So if you remember very well, we looked at why do we get saved. We say that because we can't get saved on our own. We were born through the lineage of Adam and Adam sinned against God. And no matter what you do or you don't do, you are already a sinner. And that is why you need to get saved. And that's why Romans chapter 5, 12 to 14 says, Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered into the world. Not your sin, but the sin of Adam. And death through sin. And thus death spread to all men because all sinned. So you see, your sin has got nothing to do with what you do and what you don't do. It's got everything to do with you being born under Adam. And that is why we said you need to get saved even if you are not a sinner. Even if you stayed in the house forever without doing anything wrong, you would still be a sinner. Then we said last week, when we were looking at grace, we said that we have grace to be. Salvation that happened made you into something. Your identity in God through Christ was established by what Jesus did. It's in the past. And when you get saved, Immediately you become a child of God. You attain a new identity and that identity is established. So salvation happened. And then the second thing that we said was that you've got salvation to do. That is salvation that is happening right now. And this is a growth process. So every man and every man, every woman when they get saved, they don't become you know, uh, super saints immediately. You become a saint in your identity, but in your walk with God, you start from being a child into a toddler, into a teen, 
That's why even in the book of James, it says, I speak to you, young men. I speak to you, fathers. I, so it's, it's, it's a growth process. It's not something that happens immediately. I told you about my own life. There are certain things, even when I was saved, I struggled with until I defeated those things. So that is why sometimes, you know, people are afraid of coming to church because we give them an impression that the moment they get saved, then voila, everything just falls off. Are you see what I mean? It doesn't work that way. It's a growth process. And then we said there is also grace to go through. You see, we are in a world that is still having the consequences of sin. And because of that, no matter how prayerful you are or how good you are, these things will affect you. If there is a tsunami in South Africa one day, even if you are a child of God, let me tell you something. If you see a tsunami one day, you are in Durban. And you sit by the beach like this with your friend or with your wife or with your children or whoever you're going to. And you see a tsunami coming. Don't pray. Run. <laughs> you are living in a world that is still having consequences of the fall. You are not called to a, a better life when you get saved. You are called to better hope. For you to navigate around these things. Are you seeing what I mean? So we, a lot of people say, but why, why should bad things happen to good people? Because good people are still living in a bad world. So don't, 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 salvation doesn't give you, uh, doesn't exempt you from uh, living in a fallen world. Me, I lived, I lived with a cousin. My cousin. I lived in the same house with uh, my cousin in my auntie's house, the elder sister to my mother. But what he used to do used to affect me. Even when I have just come from praying and fasting, I go into the house, I see these things. Why? Because I am still living in a world that is not saved. And that is why we're saying there is going to be salvation in the future when God will save, including the world itself. And he will remove everything that is causing pain to us right now. You know, so, so we, we, we say that, and I, I saw that a lot of people, when we spoke about that, they, 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 they got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, liberation in their spirits. I got, I got a, a, a very wonderful message about a mother last week. A mother called, sent me a message, and she said to me, this is a person in the church, said to me, I was about to give up about my daughter because I say to myself, why should this be happening to my daughter? But when you spoke about faith to go through, then I told myself, there is faith to go through. I will go through with this faith. Amen. Amen. So you can imagine... That lady is now living a completely different hope in spite of what is happening to the daughter. Why? Because she now realizes that it doesn't matter. She is still in a world that is fallen. And she is a brilliant, she's one of my egos here at church. But you know what? She says to me, Pastor Ken, I told myself, not anymore. So, when we get saved, we have to be very careful that uh, we got saved correctly. Because I can tell you, many of us, we are saved 100%. 
But what got us saved? <laughs> there are some of us that just got saved because uh, our parents were strict. And then one day you just found yourself coming to the altar. <laughs> because you wanted your mother to be happy. Some of us went through difficulties. And you say, let me just try God. <laughs> so, all these things affect your understanding of God. That is why it's important for us today to demystify some of the things that could have gotten you saved so that you are on a path to enjoy a great relationship with God. Because I can tell you, if the message that was preached to you was wrong and you gave your life to the Lord, your perception of God and your relationship with God is affected. Because you don't perceive the right kind of God and you don't walk the walk that is worthy of the calling that is on your heart. So, when we get saved, this is how. Today we are dealing with how. So I will do a lot of uh, uh, just teaching of some kind so that we are very clear about this process. You know, the, f the, 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 the best way to uh, remember this is to just call it the ABC of how to get saved. The what? The ABC of how to get saved. The first thing is awareness. The second thing is belief. And the third thing is confession. Now, let's go through each one of these things. Yeah, I really love the, the, the slides that uh, these guys make. Eh? Um, yeah, they, they are very nice slides. Um, the first is awareness. You see, at your level of awareness, a few things must be done. Because if your awareness of God and your awareness of yourself is wrong again, you are going to have a wrong experience. Are you see, are you see what I mean? So at the level at which somebody is bringing God to you, at the level at which somebody is making you aware that you are a sinner, if they come to you and they point at you of the things that you do, that that's why you are a sinner. You will be a different person from the person who was taught that it's not the sins that you are doing that makes you a sinner, but the sin of Adam. There is a complete difference in those two things. Because the people that feel that they are sinners because of what they have done, even when they get saved, they don't get completely liberated because they still get stuck to think that it's what they do that creates them to be sinners or not sinners. Let me ask you a question. How could Adam sin when he was created by God as the first person? It means that even when you are a child of God, you can sin. If the first person who was created by God could sin, how much more you who has even been doing certain things? So when, 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 when you are walking with God, that is why a lot of people give up on themselves. Because when they trip themselves, they just feel this thing doesn't work. Because it's not that that makes you a sinner. What makes you a sinner is the sin of Adam and what makes you righteous is the righteousness of Adam. And then you grow into the man and into the woman that God wants you to be every single day. You become better and better and better. So your awareness, your awareness of God and your awareness of yourself is crucial. You are not being saved so that we can clean you up to become perfect for heaven. Yeah. 
you are not being we are not in 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 a behavior modification christianity is not behavior modification christianity is a change of kingdom from one kingdom into the other kingdom is a change of living your life from one way into another. That is why it is called moving from darkness into the light. Amen. It's, it's, it's got nothing to do with behavior modification. You can modify your behavior all you want. You will still trip one day. So we, the first thing is that you have to remember, we are not cleaning you up for heaven. The second thing is that you are not getting a better deal. You are not getting a better, a better life. You are getting better hope. Because you will still be here. The only difference is that you, when you are going through a challenge, your understanding of God and your understanding of yourself will be different from a person that doesn't have God. So your awareness of yourself and your awareness of God should be very, very clear because you will be having wrong ideas about your salvation. You will think that you were saved to go to heaven. You were saved so that, like, like I have seen in many churches these days, and uh, I'm sorry to say this, but sometimes us as pastors, we really give people false hope. Because we preach that if you are poor, it means that God is not with you. Let me tell you something. That is not true. It's not true that a poor person is not blessed. There are so many reasons why. Do you think that if, if, if a person lives in a very poor country and they are Christians, just the moment they get saved, that country will become rich? It doesn't work that way. So you have to understand these things so that you are clear about your salvation. You are not called to a better life you are called to better hope to be able to maneuver that is why you are able to maneuver like that lady was now is now able to maneuver in such a difficult situation all the friends that are going through the same situation will see her differently why because now she's got the tools to navigate around a difficult situation the third thing that you need to be aware of at the awareness stage is that your value is not in your salvation. Can somebody say amen, especially in Tlantai? Just, you, you, are, you, are my, <laughs> you, are, you are my amen carrier. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You are sleeping on the job. Sleeping on the job, my man. I, I need some of those amens. Your value as a human being is not in your salvation. God wants you saved because you have value. Your value is what made Jesus to leave heaven to come to earth. Not to come and bring value on you, no. But because you have value, he had to leave heaven to come to earth so that he can help you to see who you are. Because you see, many of us, you know, we go through life thinking, oh, when I sin a little bit, my value decreases a little. No. No. We saw a few weeks ago a lost coin a lost coin, a lost two rand coin is still having the same two rand value. Your salvation is a reconciliation process to your father, but the, the, even the time that you were away from home, it still used to pain your father to say, where is my son? 
where is my daughter? Even when you were deep in sin, the Lord was still painful in his heart. Why is she still doing those things? Because your value is not in your salvation. Your salvation, your salvation was necessitated because of your value to God. If, if something doesn't have value, you don't leave home to go and look for it. When it is lost, it is lost. Like, ah, that's fine. Anyway, it's even good riddance. You see what I mean? So you, you, your awareness is, is very important when if you don't understand those things, at the awareness level, when you are being introduced to God, you are going to be introduced to a very funny God. Because what will be happening to you is that you will think that your value is in your salvation. And every time you do something that is not okay, you will feel terrible to go back to your father. Because you feel your father is going to, to feel like, man, what are you, go and clean up first and come. No. No. Actually, the father feel, feels great when you are beaten out there. Life shows you flames. <laughs> then you come home. And then you say to your father, you know, Lord, I am really sorry. And God says, come. Let's walk this path together. Yeah. Amen? Let's walk this path together. Um... Can I ask uh, one of the ushers to bring me uh, a cloth in my, in my office? We have an usher next to us. Oh, Atlanta will be fine. You can get kids from. In, in, the, in, the, in the toilet there, there's, uh, there's uh, that cloth that I use. The, third, the fourth thing that you have to do is that you have to realize at your awareness level that life at home with father is better than life away from home. You see, because a lot of people don't know that actually being saved and being reconciled to God has more advantages in life than not being. And there, there, is, this, there is this thing that makes people think that not being saved has got more advantages in life than being saved. I disagree. I disagree. Unless you don't know God, unless you have not come to that space where you are walking with God, being saved gives you an advantage. And being saved, thanks man, and being saved is better than not being saved. I can tell you, there are some of you that are here right now. If you were not saved, you would have given up on life a long time ago. What has kept you going in spite of all the things that is going through in your life is because of that hope. Because of that witness that is in your heart that even this is going to pass. There, there are people, there are people wearing Armani suits, $3,000, $5,000 suit that are going through the same pain that a guy that is wearing uh, a jean that is 200 rand and a t-shirt that is 80 rands. And this guy, this guy is managing life better than this one. Because this one has the man from Galilee in his heart. Are, are you seeing what I mean? So you have to understand that, that it has to be in your awareness to know that salvation reconciliation with God gives you an edge on life 
it gives you an advantage on life than if you were not saved. Luke chapter 15, verse 17 to 18 says, but when he came to himself, when he realized, when the awareness about himself and about his father, you know, came to be in his heart, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. It is impossible for somebody to, to be saved without that proper awareness. We need to, when we are speaking to people about Christ, we need to help them understand so that they become aware that living at home is better than living away from home. That God is not calling them to a better world is calling them to a better hope in a bad world. So when, 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 some, when we are preaching to people, even when you yourself, you are walking with God, you need these things to be in your awareness. I like this quote. Somebody said, you are not a human being in search of a spiritual experience. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. And some of these human experiences are painful. But because you are a spiritual being who is in connection to God, your navigation around this world is going to be different from the person who is not connected to God. So the first thing is awareness. You need to be aware of God. You need to be aware of yourself. But the way that you are aware also matters. Look at this uh, passage of scripture in the book of Acts chapter 28, 28, 26. It says, now <clears throat> an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the, king, the queen of Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was retaining. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah saying, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, I, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. You see what is happening here? Here is a guy that is reading something. But you know what is happening? He is not having awareness of what it is until somebody comes and they do what they help him to understand that is crucial that is critical because you and myself there are so many times when we read things and we read things into what we are reading instead of reading into our lives what we are reading that's why our awareness of God and of ourselves is such crucial for us to walk properly with God. So this guy, he was saying, how can I know? How can I understand? Unless somebody does what? Unless somebody helps me to understand this thing. Now, when, when, when you are moving from awareness, now you are aware of yourself, you are aware of God, and all those, that is sorted out. Do you know what, it, what, what that does? It activates your belief. Because remember, the size of your belief depends on, on what has been made aware to you. 
Look here. If, if, if take for example, you didn't know that the guy that you are sitting next to is a millionaire in dollars. <laughs> so he is we- he's wearing flip-flops and he's wearing a short and he's wearing a t-shirt like Mark Zuckerberg. So you have Mark Zuckerberg seated next to you and you don't know him. That this is the owner of Facebook. And then, as you are walking, you discover that your wallet is missing. (laughs) But you have already ordered your meal. And now you are so afraid of being embarrassed. But what you didn't know is that the guy that you invited to come with you is a billionaire. He cannot just buy the meal, but he can buy the whole restaurant. So what happens is that as as you are in pain, trying to figure out core like that, that game, call a friend. <laughs> As you are trying to call a friend, it comes to your awareness that this man can buy this whole city. Actually, Mark Zuckerberg can buy South Africa. <laughs> Four people, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, and those two guys from Google, they are more wealthy than the whole Africa. The whole Africa. So, when, when, when that is made into aware, your awareness, do you know what happens? It triggers something called faith. It triggers something called belief. When a waiter comes and says, Bill, please. He says, Mark. <laughs> Because your awareness has activated belief. The reason why many of us are struggling with our belief is because of a God that was revealed to us. So instead of you knowing this is Mark, you were told, oh, this one, (laughs) that guy from there, he also needs help. That's how many of us know about God. This God we walk around with, no, he needs help. When a person is deeply convicted because of their awareness of the reality of Jesus, I can tell you, they move to that other level. Your personal inclination with God is more important than all the stuff that we are preaching to you. Did you hear what I'm saying? You need to get to a place where you become so aware of God and so aware of what he can do and so aware of the reality of God that it moves you to the next level called belief. If you are teaching, you are preaching to someone, you have to move them from awareness so that they start to believe about this God that you have helped them to see. Why do you think Jesus sometimes told people not to go out and preach to people? Because he knew Unless somebody has had a serious encounter with God, they are not going to reveal the right gods to the next person that they are going to talk to God about. In the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament, like guys like Paul and the, the, this eunuch that we read about, you can see God had to really reveal himself to them in such a way that these people had such a powerful encounter that their whole life was changed. And their belief system was completely, completely recalibrated that they can believe about God. Paul 
would stand in front of people and say, you can do anything to me, but this Jesus, I know him. This Jesus, I know him. There's a guy called uh, Napoleon. He was one of the Roman emperors. Was he? Napoleon. This is what he said. I know men and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. Between him and every other person in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. Alexander the Great, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I have founded empires. But on what did we rest the creation of our genius? Upon force. Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. And at this hour, millions of men would die for him. Ladies and gentlemen, when you have an encounter with Jesus, your belief system is activated because you know this is no mere man. We struggle in church these days because we have a lot of people that don't know Jesus. We sit with people in church and they have been going to church ever since and they don't know this Jesus and they think this Jesus is a mere man. This emperor, this man, this man was one of the most feared people in the whole world, Napoleon. But he said, I know. I know. I know. This, this, this is not a mere man. When, 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 when you have an encounter with God, when you have an encounter with Jesus, your life, ladies and gentlemen, is never the same. It can never, ever remain the same. Paul, Paul had an encounter with God. Acts chapter 9, 1 to 6, it says, Then so, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and heard a voice saying to him, So, so why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He's, he's, he's been made aware that this thing that I am fighting, I will not, I will not win. He, he, he has been made aware. And what does he do? He says, what must I do? His belief system is activated. How about a guy called Aeneas and Dorcas? Listen to this. Now it came to pass as Peter went through all parts of the country that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden eight years and paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus, the Christ, heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. So all who dwelt at Lida and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Did you see what it is saying here? It did what? They saw. 
they had an encounter. They were made aware of this God. And because of that, the Bible says they believed on the Lord. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Docas. When my cousin had a child, they gave me an honor of naming this child. She's now in her, I think maybe about 22, 23 years old. Then my cousin said, Ken, would you name my daughter? I said, her name is Docas. <laughs> so this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Look at this. And since Lydia was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out, and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had caught the saints and widows, he presented her alive to them. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed on the Lord. Many believed on the Lord. Why did they believe on the Lord? Their understanding of God was made clear. They realized, guys, what we are dealing with here is, is not something to play around with. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 4, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why? so that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There is wisdom of men, and then there is the power of God. Ladies and gentlemen, for us to walk with God, we need awareness of God. But that awareness should be an encounter that sends us into a certain level of belief that we are able to know that this that I have believed in is not just a game of me going to church and stuff like that. I, I will give you an example. Me and a friend of mine called Akwell. Akwell, I have called him to South Africa when I was pastoring there in, in Soshangove. He had come to preach in Soshangove. Me and Akwell, we started a church when we were Bible school students with 12 people. First service, a woman that had been married for 12 years couldn't conceive a child. I remember very well, we didn't have chairs. We were sitting on top of fertilizer bags in a shed. That's where we started that church. I remember Akwell preaching. And then that woman started to feel like fire is burning her womb. She started to feel fire in her womb. A few weeks later, she started to feel funny. She went to the hospital and they told her she was pregnant. There's a young man, as I am telling you right now, he stays in England. His name is Matthew. That's the boy that was born to that woman. 
that woman, that woman's belief in God is not with like those people that come to church and still, still, they, 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 they are still fighting. No, no, no. She understands this, this is not child's play. This is God we are talking about. And I'm telling you, me and this guy and two of the other friends of ours, one of them is in Cape Town right now. He's a, a lecturer there in Cape Town. We grew that church from 12 people to a place that used to be so packed when we built the, the chapel. People used, we used to take chairs around the building and people would, would, would listen to the service from the windows and it's packed here. And let me tell you something. One day, one day he went to the villages to preach. People got saved. And it was time for baptism. And people came for baptism. And he said to the people, if you know you are still living in sin, don't come in front here. But if you have given your life to the Lord and you really want Jesus, I want you to come to the front. Some people came to the front knowing very well that they had never met the man from Galilee. And they came to the front trying to test the man of God. And they came to the place where Aquel was baptizing people. He dipped people in water. When you are saved, they came out wet. When you were still living in sin, you came out dry, my friends. Not as, not as, not like you are wearing plastic. No, with your clothes like this, dry. Ladies and gentlemen, this, this is not a story. This is God. Jesus, Jesus, like Napoleon says, is not a mere man. Is not a mere man. I saw so many miracles in that church. I don't have time to speak about those miracles. But, but I will finish with this. It was a normal Sunday and one of the boys came to church and he was mad and his name is Noel. And Noel walked in church. He was a village, village idiot. In the villages where he stays, everybody knew a mad boy. Hair undone, smelling and all. And he came to one of our services. I remember very well I was preaching that day. And I finished preaching like I am going to finish preaching right now. And Noel was in that service and he came to me and he said to me, he said, I need to be prayed for. I said, no, no problem, Noel. I took a chair, I put it there and I took another one and I sat on it. I said, Noel, I didn't know, I didn't know his name at that time. I asked him, he said, I, what is your name? He says, my name is Noel. I said, Noel, Jesus loves you. And Noel, today you will have an encounter with Jesus. So be healed in Jesus' name. He didn't fall off the chair. He didn't scream. He didn't do anything that suggested that anything had happened to him. He just stood and he left me. Next week, I saw a boy coming into church clean shaven and he was smelling good and he came into church and I realized that is nowhere that is nowhere God healed nowhere from madness 
the previous Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, I finished Bible school. I came to South Africa. I was in South Africa for many years. One day, I go to a church. And as I walk into the church, standing at the door is a man. And who is standing at the door as an usher? It is nowhere. It is nowhere. It is nowhere. And I said to him, I said, how are you, Noel? He said, Pastor Ken, I am okay. And this is what Noel said. He says, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know the impact that you've had in our lives in this place. When Noel got better, he went back to school. Noel, during holidays, went back to work, made money, started raising sheep and goats. And Noel, as I am talking to you now, he could be having children and a wife and living a normal life. Why? Because Noel met Jesus. Noel did not go to church to go and play games. Noel met Jesus. And Noel knew the man of Galilee. Ladies and gentlemen, your faith, your belief in God is going to be translated if you meet this Jesus. You need to meet this Jesus. You need to meet this Jesus. The last thing when you become aware, when you have a belief in Christ, is that you confess. Your confession. Confession does not mean speaking about your sins. Confession means agreeing with God. Confession means acknowledging God. You can't have Jesus in your heart and you are agreeing with your demon. You can't have you can't have Jesus in your heart and you are you 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 you, you are agreeing with pornography that it should be law it should be made law. You Ladies and gentlemen, there is no way, there is no way you can have Jesus in your heart and your confession is not. The Bible says he who has, who has Jesus, he who has the Holy Spirit cannot confess something different. Romans 10, 8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, let us stand. Let us stand. Let us stand. I want to ask you this morning spend time with this man he will change your life because he changed mine and I know why I preach the way I do it's because for the past 31 years I have walked with him and I have known him. He has helped me to navigate the most difficult circumstances. I know this Jesus can change your life. Because this Jesus is not just a myth. This Jesus is not just a figment of our imagination. This Jesus is God. And he wants you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to confess, to agree, and to acknowledge that He is, He is Lord.
Do you mind this morning? As the worship team is just going to sing us, just KK Oak, just come, just one song. Just one song. I know our time is gone. But just one song. And please, spend time. Spend time. Spend time with the man from Galilee. And then you, you, you will close the service after, afterwards. Let me just pray for the people. Father God, I thank you so much for each one of these, your children this morning. I want to pray that their awareness of you and their awareness of themselves is going to be so clear that they will have that encounter and they will know you and they will be able to tell somebody that I know God. I want to pray this morning in the name of Jesus. I want to agree with you this morning that all things belong to you. That this world belongs to you and everything in it. And my prayer, Lord, is that you will reveal yourself and you will make yourself strong on our behalf. So I pray today that even as you are going to spend time with God, know your God. In Jesus' name. Somebody give God a big hand of praise in the house. Hallelujah.